From reviews to rankings, the big picture is all things movies. From in-depth analysis of the latest flick to sit-down interviews with some of the biggest movie stars and filmmakers on the planet, Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins have got you covered. Check out the big picture on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. And look, we're back. Midnight Boys are back, baby. We gave you content. We, uh, who is that in the back of your shit, bro? That shit is crazy. Wait, who's in the back there's of some, what? There's somebody behind you. Bro, I, I'm not even lying that there's somebody behind you for real. On some real shit. That's my girl. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> oh, bro. Like, I'm, I'm looking behind you. I'm like, there's somebody behind you with a stick. That's I'm a like, broom, bro. Oh, there's a broom. Oh, I'm like, yo, I'm tripping, bro. Last night, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'll tell you why that happened. We'll get back to introducing the podcast. Last night, I woke up and I saw some movie, and it was this little girl, and she was watching like a film, and it was all her friends in it, and all of a sudden. This dude came up behind her and grabbed her and then took her into the film. I don't know what movie this is. And so when I'm, I was, it scared the shit out of me. Bozeman jumped up and came in the room. And when I'm watching you right now, I didn't know. I just saw like a figure with a stick behind you. That's your girlfriend. She's tidying up. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, we know that traditional gender roles are adhered to in Charles's. Whoa, in Charles's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I cooked a mean dinner. <laughs> I cooked a mean dinner already. You know what I'm saying? Busted my ass in the kitchen. Come right. on now. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, this is so what we were saying before I <laughs> almost had an anxiety attack. The Midnight Boys are back, baby. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's monumental. We waited. We waited the five weeks, but now we have content to react to to be impulsive to make snap decisions, to say things that will have you guys asking the question, are these guys high? And we are here now on Wednesdays to give you our knee-jerk reactions to Loki. Loki's here. He's ready. He's popping around a timeline. He's doing all kinds of crazy things. And me, Van Lathan, host of the Higher Learning Show with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay, and Charles Holmes, host of the Ringer Music Show, which is one of the best podcasts on the Ringer Network. I really enjoy the Ringer Music Show, bro. I don't, oh, I don't thank know you, if man. I told you. It's very good. And of course, uh, we're, we're switching up the uh, the schedule a little bit. Before, we were on Fridays, and Mallory was on Tuesdays. Now, we are going to be on Wednesdays, and you can look forward to a Friday deep dive analysis. Uh, so you check in with Mallory over at the House of Mal. Do you think the Wednesday listeners are ready for us? Because the Friday listeners have been killing us, saying we late and shit and all that. Wednesday, we might be t- more timely. You know what I'm saying? Might be more timely on Wednesday. But even if we're not, you know what we're doing? The best we can. <laughs> That's what we're doing, guys. Oh, I forgot to tell you before we dive in, man. Van, I'm with you now. I'm, I'm making a life change. What is it? I'm getting swole. I finally decided. You, you swelling up? You, you going for I, it? I, I got to do it. I'm going from like Steve Rogers to Captain America over the you summer. You got to do it. What what made you? What made what made this? Why? I've I, I've known this for a while. Like I had to change up my appetite, like like how I eat. Because I was like, damn, like I'm 28. Like my metabolism, I can feel it is slowing down. You know what I'm saying? Like my body's just is breaking down on me. We can't have this. Sick. 
28, my metabolism. I'm not even going to pretend. To I'm not even going to pay attention to that. I'm not even paying attention to that. I'm 28. It is slow down, I'm bro. I'm 28. I thought you would be happy. I'm that happy. I just the don't, Midnight I don't, Boys is helping. Like, we're, we're doing this together. I don't like that you acting like you geriatric, like you old man Steve or something. But my back hurts now. Like, that can't be happening. I'm a 28, bro. If your back hurts, that has nothing to do with your age. That has to do with you. Man, strengthen your core. But I'm telling you, you're 28, you're great. <laughs> uh, but I'm happy, though. Invest in your health. Invest in your health. Friday, going to be uh, deep dives with Mallory. Wednesday, there are going to be knee-jerk reactions with the Midnight Boys. And we're going to have even more surprises for you on uh, the Ringerverse feed. So always stick with us. Check in with us. We'll be doing that. Now, look, guys, we're about to talk about Loki, uh, Marvel's newest television show. They're on the Disney Plus. This is a character we've known for a long time, a character that we've fallen in love with over his arc throughout these films. And I have to say something right now. If you have not seen the first episode of Loki, number one, I do not know why you are listening to this podcast. But number two, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I would really suggest that you turn this podcast off right now because we are about to spoil it for you if you have not seen it. So in five... In four, in three, in two, in one, this is now a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you ain't seen it, turn it off. All right, look, we're switching things up. Normally, I do the 40-second recap, but Two-Gun Chuck, one half of the Midnight Boys, has decided that he is taking on the 40-second recap Whoa, this week. Whoa, I didn't decide I was taking it on. Who decided? You were slacking, and my I mean, man Steve is like, can you do it? And I was like, all right, I got you. I got to back how up. How was my I man. slacking? I... Well, well, who decided I was Steve? Jump on now. How was I, like, <laughs> like, how, like, how, like, how was I slacking? Seriously, what's up with the slacking? Like, what? You didn't do your 40-second recap. I'm supposed to do it? Like, it, 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 they started giving me the 40-second recap. All right, yeah, they were trying to teach you how to fish. I, ga I gave it to Charles this week just I, because I, I wanted to have somebody prepared for it. I, you never told... See, you guys never... This is how shit happens right here. Y'all trying to make a, a Kobe and Shaq situation. This is how this, is how this shit happens. Wait, am you I guys, Kobe? I'll take you Kobe. Be, you be Kobe. Uh, this, is how, this is how stuff happens. But I'm more than happy Charles is fucking bomb at the 40-second recap. So let's just stop all of this and get to the 40-second recap. Now, you recap. know I know I'm going to kill the 40-second recap. How? Steve, right now, take 10 seconds off. I'm going to do it in 30 30-second recap. This boy feels like he wants to do it the old way. Okay. All right. Fine. 30 <laughs> seconds. All right. Steve, let me know when I can go. All right. In three, two, one, go. Loki picks up the Tesseract and disappears. As an agency called the Time Variance Authority finds and apprehends him, the TVA is ruled by the Timekeepers. Three, lizard-like gods. Their job is to preserve the sacred timeline and destroy unauthorized timelines and the variants that cause them. We find out that Loki is a variant who is about to be destroyed when Mobius, an agent of the TVA, saves him. Mobius shows Loki his entire life. Loki cries. Mobius and Loki have an existential debate. Then Loki agrees to join Mobius to track down another Loki variant. Done! Wow. <laughs> You didn't even gotta need the, the buzzer. You got it in 25. <laughs> God, I'm about Damn. to say 26, 27. That's what I'm talking about. Now, the, first of all, that's fantastic. I will say this. It is indicative of the fact that not much happens in this episode. <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. Okay, let's go ahead and get into it. Overall thoughts about this episode. This has been a very long-awaited show. I think this is one of the ones, if you ask me, that people were... Really interested to see which direction they would take this character in. Because even unlike some of the other characters that we've seen, Loki's been here pretty much since the beginning. 
like pretty much since the beginning in a big, big way. This is the the, the role uh, that made uh, Tom Hiddleston a star. So what did you think, based upon all that anticipation for him getting his own deal, how did you like the first episode? I love the first episode. I went in like thinking that they didn't need a Loki show. I was like, why are they giving Loki a show? Like it's been like over a decade. What more is there to tell? And maybe this is just my bias because I love me some Owen Wilson. I thought it was a really, really entertaining, you know, hour of TV. And weirdly, I think the first episodes of these MCU shows, they've been shaky. They've been, they've been shaky. And I think this is probably, in my opinion, the best first episode of any of the Disney Marvel shows. But I think you disagree with me, man. I don't disagree with you necessarily that it's the best first episode. Because, I mean, what are we comparing it to? We're comparing it to WandaVision and then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? So, yeah, I told you I didn't really enjoy the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the first episode of WandaVision was good for what it was, but the show would expand itself so much in the coming weeks that it, it almost doesn't even feel like the first episode of WandaVision is actually the show WandaVision. Yeah. It was still kind of setting us up. So to that to that degree, uh, yeah. I mean, I think also this show does have a little bit of an advantage in that we're essentially maybe more emotionally connected to what's happening to him, being that we're picking up right after something that happened at the end of Endgame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when that happened in the theater, I mean, we already knew that he was going to be getting his own show, but like what happened to Loki and what was going to happen to Loki, it had a little bit of an advantage, but advantage or not, I'd agree with that. Um, I do feel like this was a good episode of television. Not a great one. It had to explain a lot. It had to do a lot of world building in this episode, right? And they did it really well. I, I will, if there's any knock on it, I will say that the first episode does fall into the trap of like, it's a lot of recap. Like it's a lot, a lot of just like, and they do it well, making it seem like Loki is seeing the history of like his future. But there was a time where I was like, damn, are they really just going to recap all this shit that we've already seen before? So that would be my one knock on the episode. But I still enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was good. But, and, but they had to because this is even a different version of Loki. The Loki that we know has evolved way further than this guy. The 2012 Avengers version. This is a different Loki that got plucked out of the timeline. He's not, right. He hasn't seen Dark World. Uh, Ragnarok, no. He hasn't lost his mom yet. Hasn't gone through Ragnarok yet. He hasn't lost his father. All of those things are things that he's seeing. So it is interesting to see how that character, fresh off being a murderous madman, if we're being honest, <laughs> in Avengers, which I, I think that's a problem that I had with this a little bit. I do, in a way, feel like Tom Hiddleston is playing the 2019 Loki Hmm. In this in this movie, excuse me, in this show that's supposed to be the 2012 Loki. The 2012 Loki is not a cuddly, fun guy. He's a guy that was using the Chitauri to take over the world. And he definitely speaks to that. But it still seems as if, I mean, remember at the end of Avengers, like he, his, his eyes were sunken in and like it was on his face, like what was going on with him. So I, I don't really know. Maybe he's, maybe he's away from the Mind Stone now that might not be manipulating him anymore. So... That, to me, it just seemed like they, they turned the dial on him pretty quick. Oh, if we get to the plot of the episode, by the end of the first episode, 
we get anti-hero Loki. Like, it's literally like he just watches a couple clips of his life and, like, all of the evil, like, being responsible for his mom dying, everybody on Asgard dying, all of these things. He cries. And then right after that, we're like, all right, I'm anti-hero Loki. Like, uh, I have a conscience. I have a heart. I cry when I do bad stuff. And I was like, oh, man, y'all... Y'all were just like, they'll go with it. They love Loki. They're not going to have any questions. Look, I think as an audience, it's easy for us to buy that he's going to change because we've already seen him change. Yeah. But if we're putting it in the perspective of what was happening then, I mean, (laughs) it was hard to know that Loki was going to end up coming back and like, you know, he was always kind of on both sides of things, but Avengers, he was pretty fucked so i think it's easy for us to buy it but still when i take a step back and i analyze it for where it was i'm like man because you know he's he's showing a little bit of fear he's he's not nearly as pompous as he as as he was like it's the traces of it are there but the character aspects the traits that made loki want to take over the whole world they don't really seem to be in this particular iteration of Loki. No, I, I agree totally. But what did you think of the TVA and how much world building they had to do in the first episode? Because in the first episode, we learn who the TVA is. We learn how the timeline works again. We learn about variants, the sacred timeline, the timekeepers. It's a lot. They, they do a really good job of explaining it. And I got it. I bought it all. But I was like, damn, <laughs> there's a lot of world building in this. <laughs> no, well, look, let me tell you why I th- there is a lot of world building. And I think that normally when I go to a movie or when I watch something, I hate world building. Yeah. World building is like that's to me. I just couldn't. I mean, besides the fact that it was poorly made. One of the biggest things that Jupiter's Legacy didn't connect with me is because they were building a world that I don't think I was very interested in. Hmm. Now, that's not a shot to Millar or anything. I guess it is a shot to Millar, but I wasn't dying to see that world come to life on screen. So a part of me, when I was watching the show, it was like, get to the fucking point. You know what I mean? (laughs) Let's go. Let's get to the point to where we have what it is that we understand because I wasn't intrigued enough. And I think there's some fatigue that goes into uh, all of these different things. I have to build all of these different worlds. I didn't feel that here. I didn't feel that here because I know in the back of my mind that Marvel does a good job at it. And I'm legitimately interested in Marvel building a new world. Because remember, everything else that we've seen has taken place in worlds that we're very familiar with. Yeah. Even though Westview was a concoction of Wanda's psyche, still though, it was it was placed in a world that we know, right? With rules that we know, with boundaries that we know. Um, with Sam and Buck, that felt a lot like Winter Soldier. We were back to that sort of rhythm and, 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 and things of that nature. But in this, the Time Variance Authority, I know them from the comic books, but I was kind of hooked in to kind of seeing how everything was going to work and how, how they're going to explain everything and see Loki kind of traverse and, and have ventures and journeys in a new place. So I was kind of there with it and I, was, uh, I gave it some more oxygen. What about you? What did you think? Oh, I love the TVA more than I thought I would. The first thing is like, just the design is so smart. I know the writer, uh, the head writer of Loki is a big fan of Mad Men. It damn near just felt like an episode, like a really good episode of Mad Men where it's like a vibe. It's like very much everything looks like it's the 70s. Uh, The bureaucracy is like very, very funny because the agents of the TVA, they're not human. 
but they're not aliens. And at one point, one of them is like, Loki says something about a fish and the guy's like, what, what's a fish? What's a fish? And you just realize you're like, and just so quickly, like they set up the TVA as kind of like this new thing that is weird. We never seen before. We don't know how powerful it is. Like big spoiler alert. When the dude like pulls out the uh, drawer and Loki sees the infinity stones and the guy's basically like, yo, look, these are like paperweights here. Yeah. And like one line, you're just like, oh my God, like what? What are we dealing with here? You're telling me the thing that we built up for for over a decade ain't shit here? Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's that's wild. Did you like that part? I did. I also like that because it's setting up the rules of the multiverse a little bit. Because if you read the comic books, the Infinity Stones only work in the universe that they are that they came from. So like if if you have the Infinity Gauntlet in this universe and then you take the Infinity Gauntlet to another universe in the multiverse, they won't work. And so that, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that's a that's a big deal. It's a big deal because it, it shows us that we're somewhere else, but it's also a big deal because they're setting up multiversal rules. And I think that we all know that Marvel is about to go multiversal. So the timekeepers, and that's very important to them because the timekeepers who are going to be specifically Kang the Conqueror, but the timekeepers themselves who are going to look to conquer the multiverse itself or all timelines throughout different multiverses or to keep ordering them, there's going to have to be a through line of their powers. There's going to have to be a reason why they have power and authority in different timelines and in different universes and the Infinity Stones don't. So that lets you play with the, with the rules a little bit. It lets you talk to the audience and explain to them some new powers and some new abilities and maybe even something that makes the next bad, if in fact it's Kane the Conqueror like we expect it to be, be even more formidable than, than Thanos. Wait, so I'm going to put on my nerd hat for a minute because they say early in the episode that if there are too many timelines, what you're basically going to get is a multiversal war. And when I hear, hear like multiversal war... I'm thinking of Secret Wars. Most recently, Jonathan Hickman did like a big crossover where basically all the multiverses like come together, all the characters come together. And basically like Doctor Doom was the big bad of that. At the end, yeah. That kind of seems like where they're going with this. And I could see where, I don't know if Kang is going to be the big bad. I would not be surprised if Doctor Doom is like the next like really, really just like everyone's fighting against him. And like, yeah, I got big, like this is Secret Wars vibes throughout this whole entire episode. Could be. In order to get to Secret Wars, you at some point have to bring in a lot of different elements, right? So you'd have to bring in the Beyonders. Yes. Uh, and you'd have to bring in, and then, because you need a point to where Doom gets the power of the Beyonders. And guys, give us a second, because we're going into the, the we're going to come back to Loki, but this is a very good point that he brings up. In the Secret Wars, in the in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, at the end of it, Doom captures the power of the Beyonders and he becomes God King Doom, which would be fantastic yeah. if they were able to pull it off in Marvel. I guess the issue with it is it it's definitely like years away because so much has happened. We won't even have the Beyonders, we won't even have Doom yet. So Kang seems like more of a natural fit now, because I believe that 
I mean, this is not anything novel. You guys can go and like watch this on YouTube and guys are talking about it. That Kang is one of these timekeepers. I just don't know if they're real at this point. I think Kang is one of them. I think Kang's going to be a rogue uh, timekeeper that goes bad for some reason or is behind something that we don't know for some reason or is behind a lot of chaos. And in this series, it's going to spin off to Kang having a big problem or being a big problem. Ooh. So if we get less nerdy, what did you think about kind of like the themes of the episode? Because they are very explicit. It's not like at various points you kind of realize that like this show is going to try to work on multiple levels. I think the first level is like, is anyone truly good or is anyone truly evil? That seems like Loki's journey is like he's he has to face against like an evil version who seems better than him. There's also chaos and order. Loki is chaos. Mobius is order. And then I think the last one is kind of like free will and destiny. Because like at one point, I think Loki says, uh, you ridiculous bureaucrats will not dictate how my story ends. Mm-hmm. And Loki very much is like afraid. Like, how do you guys know everything I'm about to do in my life? It freaks yeah. him out. So like yeah. there's like the show's trying to like work on multiple levels. And have we, as we've seen with other MCU shows, it doesn't matter how good the first episode is. It matters if they can land it. No, you're right. You're right. That to me was the theme of this episode. The theme of this episode to me was if I sat you down and showed you your entire life, would you really be good or bad? Hmm. Right? Like, would you, if, if I showed you your entire life, like everything that you've done, right, in a vacuum, would you be hero or villain? You've done some really great things. You've done some really fucked up things. Most people, right? Now, Loki is different because he's a very powerful being. So some of the great things that he's done has probably benefited a lot more people. And some of the the terrible things that he's done has probably hurt a lot more people, right? So, you know, you, you, you see him saving Thor's life. He saves Thor's life. In saving Thor's life, the Avengers needed Thor. So if Loki doesn't save Thor's life, then the Avengers can't beat Thanos. They can't beat Thanos, right? And if they can't beat him, then maybe the universe is doomed. So maybe you can argue as bad as Loki was in Avengers, the fact that he came around and saved his brother and allowed his brother to get back and work with the team, they definitely needed Thor, right? They probably can't retrieve the ether if not for that. So Loki's redemption it was a huge, huge, huge redemption. Like he was, it was a huge redemption. I think that's why Mobius is such an interesting character. He doesn't really get emotionally attached to anybody or he doesn't say you're, you're bad. He just looks at what you've done. Yeah. And he uses, and he's, he's very logical. Hey, I think you'll do this because you've done this before. <laughs> like, I think you'll do... And, and one of the reasons why he probably thinks that he can get through to Loki and get Loki to help him, we're going to talk about that a little bit more too, is because he's seen that Loki can and will do heroic things in the future. So he's not looking at this guy as hero or villain. He's looking at this guy as entity and how can I use it for what I need it to do for me, you know? I mean, my favorite line from the episode, which speaks to like kind of the futility of life in a lot of ways, is like Mobius goes to Loki like uh, he's like he says something to the effect of like, why does someone with so much range 
want to rule. And then like he keeps like pestering Loki. He's just like, yeah, but why do you want to rule like Earth or the universe? Like who gives a fuck? And like it speaks so much to like how a lot of Loki's motivations, like when you really look at them, like don't make a lot of sense. Like he he is kind of like an agent of chaos where he just wants to do things because he feels like it. And I think Mobius and Owen Wilson does this perfectly is so genius in that role is because like you said, he doesn't get emotional. He's the first person probably in the MCU who's just as smart as Loki and knows more than Loki. And it makes Loki so nervous. He's just like, how does this guy know what I'm going to do? How does he know what I'm going to think before I do it? And I just think like, what did you think of Owen Wilson? Cause I think he carried this episode. I love them. He, he was, he snatched all of Loki's motivations yeah, I think one reason why, if I'm thinking about it now, they were able to make us believe that 2012 Loki was close to the Loki that died in Infinity War was because everything that we knew about Loki, he was able to take it from him basically in one scene, Ooh. you know? And I don't know if that's going to work for everyone. If if everyone is going to believe that somebody's motivation since they were kids, he's always <laughs> been a jerk to Thor, right? Could be taken away in one scene. But if it could be done, Mobius is the guy to do it. He's just, he was no nonsense, right in his face, um, and was was talking that shit to him. You know Wait, what I can mean? I give you, a, can I give you my top, th- these are my top two Loki lines really quick. This is like a future level bar. Trust is for children and dogs. Like, that is like something future would rap. It's such a good fucking line. It like, <laughs> and then he says at one point, Madame, a god doesn't plead. I was like, the writers have Loki's voice so down. Of of, of all the characters that they've introduced thus far, the new characters, the main ones, the main ones are Mr. Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, playing Ravonna Renslayer, and then Hunter B-15, who is played by Wumi Masaku. I like her. I like Hunter B-15. I just I like I like people just in the department. You know what I mean? I this is what's important. I don't care about I don't have any uh bigger thing. Uh I don't have any bigger goal. I don't have any philosophical goal. I'm just following orders. You can always play with a character like that so much. I love something. Wait, can we talk about the Minutemen like really quick? The Minutemen are like the agents of the TVA. These these people are worse than like aim or like hydrate like agents like why you say that because <laughs> they're they're useless like they just get dispatched like nothing at the end of the episode the Minutemen get burned by fire you're telling me that these are people who are literally like infinity stones are our plaything, and like every single time the Minutemen pop up they're getting their ass kicked that's, that's like Loki. like here but here's the thing mobius is kind of telling everybody he's just like you know we know everything like we're the time variants. We're all powerful. Get with it. And then their little lackeys are fucking shit in the bed, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. How did Loki know about the Avengers time heist? Ooh. Wait, did he say something about the Avengers time heist? Yeah, um, we might need another producer to come in. So yeah, Loki he, oh. knew that there were... T- wow. Well, hold on for a second. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to let you guys know something real quick. There's a power struggle going on behind the scenes of the Midnight Boys. Get Ooh, out of here, Van. I, 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 I want to let you guys know, between Jomi, who's been dubbed 
the Six Man of the Ringer by Reddit, producer Steve and producer TD, who is beginning to call his own number in these podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> like, like more than anybody else. Uh, see how we asked for a producer and they just stampeded like crazed <laughs> hippos <laughs> to give us the answer. I'm telling oh, you. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to say real, real quick. When, you know, when everybody on Reddit or on Facebook was killing us for mispronouncing names and shit or calling Zachary Levi or Quinto or whatever the fuck his name is, was not a producer in sight that are like, gosh, y'all are fucking up. But now... But now, now, they're, now they're trying to we save ask some questions. We, we, I'm, I'm phoning a friend and the, the producers are jumping in. Okay, in an orderly <laughs> way, do one of the producers want to jump in and give me some insight? Because I have this written down in my notes as to how Loki knew about the time heist. Be civil about it, guys. Okay? Steve, you want it or should I grab it? You can grab it, Joey. All right, Aww. bet. So Loki knew that there were two Tony Starks there. He mentioned how he could smell the, the smell of Axe. You know, true. he could smell two Tony Starks. And he knew that that was how the Tesseract got, you know, dislodged. And he's like, hey, they went back in time. He assumed it was because of him not thinking of, you know, Thanos. Thanos. He actually did say that. You're right. Yeah. Okay. That's how he knew. Steve, do you have a take? Equal time? Exactly what Jomi said. I think it's a pretty big reach. For Loki to just smell another Tony Stark cologne and be like, well, they clearly traveled back in time to fuck with this. I like this. that. I like that. It's a that. bit of a reach. It's a huge reach. But once again, it, they're they're connecting dots here. Wait, they're can we oh, another here. reach that I was just like, y'all are slick for this. The writer's room is really slick for this. Is like, they need to explain away basically all of Endgame and the Avengers making a bunch of branch timelines. They're like, oh no, the Avengers are supposed to do that. That's fine. I was like, really? That's all <laughs> That's all we're going to get? The first time they said that, right, I thought of the Ancient One explaining that to Banner. Yes. And I was like, I, I thought about the fact that she said, hey, don't do this. It's going to fuck everything up. And then Banner going, no, we're going to do this and we're going to make it. I need the stone. So then what they're saying is, because here's the thing. They're saying nobody is supposed to fuck with the timeline except for the people that are supposed to fuck with the timeline. So it's it's interesting, and it gets into all of these actual philosophical questions. So you can fuck with the timeline, right? Yes. But only if you're supposed to. Wait, so this is another thing I have to ask. Cap, at the end of Endgame, his whole, like, he goes off on a journey to, like, replace everything in the timeline. Right. Effectively acting like a Minuteman. But then he goes back to be with Peggy, which would make a branch timeline. Without a doubt, because he goes back and he puts things back because that was what Banner was saying would happen. Yes. Right? Banner promised the Ancient One that they would go back and put everything back and that things would move on like only they didn't because Steve went back and messed with it. But but if what the TVA was saying in this episode is true, Steve was even supposed to make that branch timeline because if he wasn't, then the TVA would have popped up and brought Steve back to where he was supposed to go. So that's why I'm confused. Who, like, I guess maybe they'll answer this. Who gets to have a branch timeline? Like, it, it, who gets to decide, like, oh, like Steve gets a branch timeline, but this time variant Loki doesn't. I don't know. All right, this week, 
this leads me to my next question. Sure. Not to be a negative Nancy about everything. Are we are we post snapped out? Like I've like I'm at the end of my rope with like everything that comes from the MCU now having to reference Endgame because like maybe this is also the pandemic and all of this stuff was supposed to come out way before. But like, damn, since Spider-Man Far From Home, we've been dealing with like the Avengers time high shenanigans, the post-snap world. And I'm like, can we move on, please? I bet you hate the 4th of July, huh? You just want all Americans (laughs) to move on away from the Declaration of Independence and the Revolutionary War. Just forget about it, even though it changed everything. Even though it changed everything. Charles is like, I'm sick of Christmas. One guy's no, birth changed no, the no. whole world. But I'm sick of it. We don't have to, like, like Charles is like, who cares about oh, Thanksgiving? So what? Here's they the work thing. Together. No, see, and then smallpox probably killed them all. And then they got killed by the people. The better metaphor is if an aunt is bringing the sweet potatoes and for a couple years in a row, she's slacking. They're not the same. <laughs> At a certain point, I'm gonna have to tap another auntie and be like, "Yo, like, <laughs> you got you got to come fix this." Shit. Uh, yo, look, look, Aunt 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 Rita, you're six, you're 61 now. When you was 56, these sweet potato, these yams was hitting. But you're old. I don't know if you can't smell anymore or if the diabetes is messing with your vision. You don't know. But I'll be honest with you. Now nah, we gotta tap in Aunt T. That's T, all I'm saying. T T. That's all I'm saying. No. So look, I. I these are questions that are going to be answered. And by the way, whenever you start messing around with time and timelines and things like this, and you're dealing with an audience that is primarily made up of nerds, you're going to get people who sit around uh, drinking Dr. Pepper and eating Cheetos and asking these questions. You're going to get that. That's what's going to happen. But it just opened up all this. I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking all kinds of things. The, the Infinity Stones thing was, to me... That's the thing that I worried about, like, literally the least, okay? But some of this other stuff, I'm trying to figure it out. and, and it the, the whole branch timeline thing that they're working with now, I'm just like, it doesn't really make sense. I love the first episode so much. I'm vibing with you. But even when they're talking about the multiverse, stay with me here, rock with me. When we talk about the multiverse, we are talking about different, like, different Earths, different universes, that are existing at the same time. That's why, like, in the comic books, Earth-616 is just one of many Earths. And that Earth has a timeline. Rocking with me, right? Yes. Now, in Loki, they're making it seem like every single time there's a branch timeline, that's a new multiverse. And I'm like, I don't know if it works that way. Is it a new multiverse or is it a branch timeline in the same multiverse? But here's the thing. There's only one multiverse. And there's different universes in each. And that universe all has one timeline. Can one universe have two timelines? I guess I not, I don't think right? so. Like, ever, there's a, there should be a sacred timeline for each universe. So right. there's multiple sacred timelines for every single universe. So let's take Earth 616 from the comic books. That would have one sacred timeline. If you branch off from Earth 616, then that's going to be a new universe is what you're saying. But it's all on, it's all on the same tree. So if we have the ultimate universe, that has a sacred timeline. And each of those sacred timelines, 616 ultimate universe, have the sacred timeline, which is like the tree right. trunk and branches. Right. And branches. Right. They so didn't explain really, that, though. They didn't. They didn't explain it. Audience, also, we are not high right now. 
We're not high. Well, I am. I'm swimming on that purple urkel. <laughs> but uh, 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 shout out Jaleel White. But um, I guess, I guess there'll be some explanation. But this also, though, we find out in this situation that, you know, Loki is being recruited to track down himself. That in and of itself raises some questions, right? Because there are varying Lokis that exist all over in different universes. Are they causing problems in their own universe? Are they jumping around in universes and causing problems? They're variants. So apparently they must have blew the timeline wherever they are. So whenever they blew the timeline, did they create a branch reality wherever they did? For me, I was looking at it. I'm trying not to go too deep into it. Because but this I'm is a problem. You go deep because I'm like, I'm like, are these time variants or are they from another universe? And the best way I can describe this is, is the X-Men. If you take someone like you have Jean Grey, but you have Rachel Gray, and Rachel Gray is from the Days of Future Past timeline. So she's technically in the same timeline as the X-Men. But if you take, I don't know, like Ultimate Wolverine, he is not 616 Wolverine. He is no, it's a, a completely different, different universe. Di- completely different universe, completely different timeline. And they have not explained what's the difference between a character that's from a different universe and a character who's just from a different branch timeline. Because well, I'm going to get Galaxy Brain. If there's other variant Lokis, are these different time variant Lokis or are these different saying. multiversal Lokis? And did they open up new universes every time they became variants? Because essentially that's what they were trying to stop Loki from doing. They were trying to they were trying to stop Loki from branching the timeline off and going. So look, this is I'm telling you, woo, woo, <laughs> the Midnight Boys are back. <laughs> like we like bro, we like I'm telling you, we're but but this is these are the questions that are going through my head as I'm watching the show. Now the show itself, the visual look of it, it looks different than any other Marvel show that we've seen. Yes, it looks different. What do you think about the look? It seems to be very influenced by um, Doctor Who. You know, I love... Do you like Doctor Who? I couldn't fuck with Doctor Who. I'm going to be real with you. I couldn't get it. It's too too much for me. That's deep... Would you call that deep sci-fi? That's deep sci-fi. Yeah, it's deep sci-fi. It's too over my head. I did like the look of this show. And I didn't think I would because, like, I'm like a Thor Ragnarok. Like, damn, every... Anytime there's somebody Norse, just make it look like that shit. But I fucked with this. It looked good. It looked really good. And that... Owen Wilson looked good in it. Like the the like the little jackets that they all have. I would I would just be in the time variance for the fits, to be honest with you. Yeah, it it almost reminded me a little bit of the look. It was a show that not a lot of people watched. Oh, I guess people watched. I'm not sure. Remember Legion from FX? Yes, I do remember Legion. Yeah. And so it, the look was kind of similar. Legion was a little bit brighter at times, but whenever you whenever something's set in a place that doesn't really have time. What you have to do is you have to kind of, in the set decoration and in the look and feel of the show, you have to make it feel timeless. You don't want to show too much crazy technology because then it's like, oh my God, they're in the future. You don't want it to look too primitive because it's like, oh my God, that they're in the pa- they're in the past. Was it's very difficult to make a show that doesn't seem like it's set in any particular time, and they do that here. Because there's a mix of, the, the, sometimes they do high-tech things on low-tech devices. You haven't seen any, like any ray guns. No. You, you know what I mean? So I like it when a show exists like that. It looks like it exists. They did a great job of making it look like it is in another dimension. To I where, mean, the aesthetics, some of the aesthetics and the style 
sometimes looks like the 70s, but sometimes like bit. the architecture looks like it's from the 80s. But mm-hmm. like the computers they're looking are like analog. They did a very good job of making me like buy that this is like some like different dimension we've never seen before. I thought it just, it looked like fucking great. It looks incredible. I, but one thing I really want to ask you really quick, the TVA doesn't look that fun to work at. What do you think are the top three worst jobs in the MCU? Like places to work. Ooh, top three worst jobs in the MCU. Okay. Shield analyst. Ooh, like, like one of the, one of the motherfuckers who are on like the helicarrier and it's constantly getting blown up. Yeah. Yes. Pretty bad. I know it was bad because that one guy was playing video games instead of like paying attention to his job, <laughs> fate of the world on the line. And this guy's you know, is playing Gallagher. You know what I mean? So the shield analyst also is bad because shield is up to all kinds of bullshit. Remember like when they were in there and like Pierce was asking them to, um, to go get Steve and they go, well, yo, if we're going to be asked to, to, to go capture Captain America, then we should know why we're doing it. And he was like, no, <laughs> like, look, this is what happened. This is what I'm telling you to go get him now. So, Shield Analyst is one. I know number two. It got to be an intern at Stark Industries because if if Stark ain't paying the Avengers, he definitely ain't fucking paying his interns. What makes that shit worse is like. Technically, if you want to be real, until like Tony came back, Stark Industries was really known for like war crimes. It so made a bunch of bombs. So you you really have to realize you were an unpaid intern at Stark Industries while they were like dropping bombs on like Middle Eastern countries. Helping which, like, to kill. Intern at Stark Industries is like number two for me. That's number two. And then what would be number three? Number three worst job in the MCU. I got one. I never understood this. At the end of Avengers Age of Ultron, they show guys, they're at the Avengers compound. Remember this? Yeah. And it's before they give you the new team of Avengers and it's like, you know, it's War Machine and Scarlet Witch and all of those people. They're like, hey, they're not a team yet, but we'll whip them into shape. These are the new Avengers before it goes to uh, Civil War. And they show guys that are like jogging. Remember that? Yes, I do. Uh and Steve is like, I'm right at home. Man. Who the fuck are those guys? <laughs> like, if they're if the Avengers have like Avengers troops, they were because remember, there's no more shield at this point. You yes. know, shield shield is gone at this point. So if the Avengers have like Avengers troops, then that must be a pretty suck ass job. You know, that, that job must really blow a little bit. Oh, you, know? you want to know what was worse? I'm thinking about this now. If you're like the janitor at like the Avengers compound, can you imagine the shits that like the Hulk would be taking and you got to clean that up? Like why would he shit as the Hulk? You would turn if back you to the Banner. Hulk, you wouldn't take one shit, shit as the Hulk just to figure out what the poop looked like. I don't think he's ever shitted as the Hulk, bro. Do you think the bro, Hulk's poop is green? Dog. First of all, before we even get there, he doesn't <laughs> shit as the Hulk. Yes, he does. He, no, he doesn't, He's not. Bro. Banner, if bro. he has to take a shit or piss, Banner is not fucking turning back human to take a shit and piss and then turning he back into the Hulk. He doesn't shit as the Hulk. This yes, so he crazy. does, bro. Number one, no, he doesn't. Number one, the, he couldn't even fit into a bathroom stall <laughs> to shit as the Hulk. So, He's so, not. At, at Vicious Compound, they don't have 
Hulk sized bathrooms. They do, they have a big stall that he can go no, and kinks. But think about it. How can he even sit on the toilet? The toilet gonna break. The dude's a thousand pounds, maybe more. Stop. Like, like, no, he doesn't shit as the Hulk. See what a sick bastard you are. We got off the thing. But anyway, that's the last job that would be bad. And by the way, I'll say this. If the Hulk is, if the Hulk is shitting at the Avengers compound and somebody does have to clean it up, that's a pretty bad job. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty terrible job. All right. Yo, before we like, before we wrap up. Sure. We were talking about it like briefly. Mm-hmm. What does Loki have to do, in your opinion, to maybe like fix the trajectory of the Marvel Disney Plus shows? And that's not to say they've been bad; they've been good. But I think the the critiques of the like they start off well, and by like the end they they peter out or they don't have enough wider implications for the MCU. Those have been like what the people have been saying. Is the, am I being a hater, or is that what you've seen? No, I, I'd agree with you. I think that's true. Good question. Personally, I think that, and I've said this before on, on, the, on the podcast, that I think that we have to temper our expectations for what these shows are going to do. What they seem to do really well is tell standalone stories about experiences that these characters are having using aspects and, and sometimes bigger aspects, bigger sort of concepts and sometimes smaller ones of the MCU in general. But it seems to me, at least what we've gotten so far, it's really been more about these specific characters' journeys than it has been about building out the the bigger world of the MCU. And if that's what Loki is, we're going to have to be okay with that. Now, it would seem that with all of the, the concepts that this show is playing with, if there was going to be a show that was going to be either a palate cleanse or a way to get us into some of the loftier things that the MCU is going to try to do, then it would be this one. But I think we would be doing ourselves a disservice to be expecting it. So what I would say, what this has to do more than anything, in my opinion, is it has to give us a reset on Loki, right? Because the Loki that we know, he died. So he's gone. The Loki that we know. That Loki's gone. So we watched a Loki that had been at odds with his brother that had taken over Asgard, basically, and posing as the king, um, that had to try to take over the earth and then slowly came back, right? Teaming up with Thor in Dark World, teaming up with Thor in Ragnarok, losing his mother, losing his father, who's uh, being confronted with his sister, who slowly came back. That guy is gone. That guy died. We have to, they have to successfully build from scratch this Loki what his motivations are, what he's going to do, why he's going to do it. Because this Loki is going to, I guess, in some way, exist in the grander MCU for a while. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Maybe this is this Loki's swan song. Maybe this show is the swan song of Loki. I don't know. If I'm doing predictions, I think this show is almost like a eulogy for the Loki we knew and if they're setting up Young Avengers, one of the most famous Young Avengers runs has Kid Loki running around. So it might be saying like, hey, everybody, we know you love Tom. Say goodbye to Tom. But we're going to make it okay and make you guys think that there can be other time variant versions of Loki. And they can keep a character that like is a fan favorite in it with Tom not playing him. Maybe. Maybe. And, and you know, we're also probably going to see Lady Loki in this 
you know, there have been there's some talk about uh, casting and what we saw in the trailer. So maybe who knows? I will also say we just got to be if, if if what I want from the show or what I want from the audience is I realize we just got to be OK with them vibing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like the MCU got Owen Wilson and it, it like going bar for bar with like Tom. Like, let's it's just amazing. let's just vibe with it. Let's just be happy with it. Good start. Good start. Very excited about Loki. We are also very excited that you guys joined us on the Midnight Boys today. Of course, you have to follow us at Ringerverse. It's on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Follow and share the show. We are trying to grow this community. You're not going to go on another podcast and get the discussion of whether or not the Hulk takes a shit. This is the only place you can get it, baby. Midnight Boys. You have to check in with Mallory Rubin for the beginning of her deep dives into Loki. That's going to be every Friday. There's real heady stuff that's going to happen over there. She's going to do that for the entire season. She's going to have special guests as well. It's another thing. She's very connected in this industry. If you want to go somebody, go through Mal. She's very connected in this industry. So be sure to tune into that every Friday. New schedule. Midnight Boys on Wednesday. Mallory Rubin in the House of Mal on Friday. Before we go, we cannot say goodbye without our outro. Chuck, what you got for us, baby? The Midnight Boys are back. The Midnight Boys are lit. I'm not the Incredible Hulk, but boy, do I gotta take a shit. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We out. tried to take the elevator so he still does human things if you could take the elevator as the hulk you could definitely go into a stall and take a shit i gotta be honest with you you're probably right let me tell you why (laughs) because i think about something i think about in in game he had been hulk for a while and he had put everything together the brains and the brawn you know think about that breakfast that he was eating at the diner stop and he had coffee with it and he, he had, had the, coffee with it. He had yeah, the lungs, he, bro. Yeah, yeah. He probably does shit as the Hulk, but, but not till later. But here's the thing. How is he doing it in a regular diner bathroom? Because Is he doing one of those squat over the things? Or does he have to go all the way home? He can't. I don't, so I he really can only go in like one bathroom that he designs for himself? This bro, makes no sense. The Hulk, bro. Do you know how much the Hulk weighs? The Hulk can't sit on a regular toilet, bro. Yeah, so he would do the hover thing when like somebody's like pissed all over the thing. He You're can't out. get in the stall, Charles. He's too big. The Hulk, what, <laughs> eight feet tall? He's like, he, anyway. Midnight yeah, we're court. getting to- <laughs>